Hey guys, welcome back. Well, let's get right into it. I think today's topic uh, could well be one of the most important things ever uh, to any person or possibly the most important thing ever. And what is that? And today we're going to discuss purpose and we're going to discuss what that means to you, what it could mean to you. And we're also going to try to discuss a little bit about what a lack of purpose means and what that can do to you. Purpose is interesting because, at least in my belief, and as I say that, I want to make it quite clear that anything I talk about in this episode or any any episode of my podcast, um, if I'm talking about sort of psychological concepts or philosophical concept, I'm not coming at it from a you know scholarly angle or some kind of educated angle. I'm coming just from a, a person, a human being who has an interest in things. Um, so I have no credentials to speak of. And you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I have my thoughts and my opinions and I definitely want to share them and hope that it, you know, stokes some ideas in you to the very least to get you thinking potentially differently than you already have, that you already have been, I should say. Purpose is interesting because we talk about it uh, a lot and we tend to dismiss it and we tend to uh, downplay it. What is purpose? Well, the purpose of, of a human being, um, it, well, I was going to try, I have my note here and I was going to kind of go into it a little bit later. I think I'm going to start right now because I think I'm trying to convey my idea of a sense of purpose and a sense of humanity and, and what it's like to, to experience as a human, to experience, you notice I didn't say anything, just to experience as a human. I think it's very, um, it's a very complicated thing to, to initially understand once you, or rather until you get your head sort of around it in terms of accepting it for what it is. Let me try to explain it this way. <clears throat> purpose is directly related uh, to the human existence, the human experience um, in the most abstract way possible, but possibly the most important. But purpose also tends to have no ending, no finite defined. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to even come up with a way to say that, but let me see if I can explain it this way okay you've all, you've heard of of course the concepts of what where when who how and why right let's talk about those for a second for me when i thought about it this way it kind of it kind of gave me a different viewpoint kind of gave you a different idea see <clears throat> humans experience the world each other themselves in their own mind their own human experience whatever that may mean to you whether it's a soul whether it's just uh, sort of scientific descriptions of existence whatever you experience your existence in various ways. Now, when it comes to what, where, when, who, how, and why, think about it like this. What is relatively easy to explain? That's a question that we can ask that for the most part has answers. What is that? What did you do? What, what, what? We have answers. It's very literal. A computer, an AI system can give you the what pretty straightforward when you ask a question. That's what we're doing. We're asking questions, right? What, where, when, who, how, and why? What? Pretty straightforward. Okay. If you give a child an answer to a question that starts with what, if you have the right answer, that usually ends it. Where? Same story. Where is an easy concept to understand? Where is that? Where did you go? Where was it when you found it? Where should I go tomorrow? Where did I put my guitar pick? Pretty straightforward things again. Pretty rational, tangible, logical things. Where? Now, when 
when is perhaps a little more abstract because time is a concept that needs a whole discussion unto itself as to what it means for human existence. But when, when, when do we leave? When did that happen as a child? Um, when is the party scheduled for? When, 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 when do I push the button on the computer for the function to work? Again, straightforward. Perhaps a little bit more abstract, but straightforward. Easy answers. Those are all human experiences, but at the same time, they can be simulated very easily. And we are pretty satisfied with the answers that we get when we ask questions to start with those. Who is initially sounds more personal, sounds more human, because we're talking about somebody. Who? But actually, who is, is more like constrained? Who is more obvious? Okay, who immediately we think about another person, we think about people, but you can also look at a group of dogs in your house and notice a turd on the ground and say, okay, who pooped? Yes, personification and who is pretty straightforward. Who is, who did it? Who's there? Who didn't show up? Who do you care about? Who do you need to talk to? Pretty straightforward once again. Now the next one is often conflated with the final one. And the final one is where I'm getting to. The next one is how. How and the next one, why, which we're going to talk about in a minute. How is often conflated with why, because usually we are asking how when we say why. Perfect example. Why is the sky blue? You're not asking why the sky is blue. You're asking how is it blue? How do we perceive it as blue? What is the reasoning behind our perception of it being blue? How is it blue? And you might think, oh, what? Okay, why can I say why is the sky blue? You can say why, but you're asking how, really, if you really want to think about it. And the reason why, we go immediately into our final one. To me, this is the one of the many, uh, or few, I should say, one of the few ways I really define human existence. And that is why. Why suggests what we started talking about when we, when we first hit this episode. Why suggests purpose. Why suggests intent. Why suggest a deliberate act? Also, why doesn't have an end? Why does not have an end? Why almost every single time? Why does not have a satisfactory, logical, sort of tangible end? It doesn't have real answers that we have to accept. Or rather that we want to accept. I don't think we often have a choice but to accept them because they are endless. And we can sort of illustrate how the concept of why is endless in a couple of ways. One way that I like to describe it is, think about your favorite food. Now you may not have one. Maybe you don't have a favorite food. You like lots of food. Maybe you don't like much food at all, whatever. But think about a food that you really like. Okay, if it's your favorite, cool. Now if I were to ask you, well, let, let's say it's a fettuccine Alfredo, whatever, so this, this is an example. If I asked you, why do you like fettuccine Alfredo? Why is it your favorite food? Um, well, um, you'll start describing the flavor, maybe, which is more of a what and more of a how is what you're describing. Okay. But you're going to be hard pressed to make a tangible, logical argument as to why it's good. Because good and preference and opinion and why you love something and the taste of something that you like that someone else may hate is quintessentially human. And that answers or does not answer, why do you like it? Most of the answer, most of the time you say, I just do. Because your attempts to describe why fettuccine Alfredo is the best thing ever could very well be exactly the same reasons why someone hates it. 
They don't like pasta. They don't like cream sauces. They don't like Italian food. They don't like garlic. You're literally describing what they hate. But to you, it's an attempt to say why you like something or why it's the best. And you're failing at that because why is cyclical. It never ends. We can also, in my opinion, prove that if you've been a parent <laughs> before, or if you're a parent right now of a young child, toddler, four or five-year-old, maybe a six-year-old, but usually at the very rudimentary level where they have some concept of, of language and expression and communication, but it's not dada and mama, but at the same time, it's not sophisticated yet. And it's not, you know, they can't hold a lengthy conversation in a more sophisticated way yet. But what's beautiful about a child asking questions at a certain age, at a certain experience level, is they often ask big questions, big questions that they don't even realize just how big they are. And most adults don't even consider how big they are. Kids will ask a question that will leave you dumbfounded sometimes. But even in the simple ones, any parent knows the concept of a toddler or a four-year-old or whatever, putting you in the cycle of why? Think about it. Why will never end? And here's an example. If you tell, if your child, you know, says, hey, can you put on the TV? I want TV on. We'll push the button on the controller. Oh, child goes, okay. Picks it up, pushes the button. And the child says, how does that work? The child puts two and two together that I'll push a button over here and TV turns on. They're usually not going to question technology, but if they are curious, they say, how? And you'll explain possibly how, whether the child understands or not, it's a different story, but you'll explain how. But see, the child might also say, why do you push the button and the TV comes on? And then you'll explain, well, because there's, you know, this is electronics and it has a battery in it and a circuit and computer, little computer in there. And you push this button, it sends a signal through the air radio wave to turn on the TV. The child will hit back, why? And that sounds annoying, right? Why does a child do that? And you maybe you play into it and you say, because for a long, long time, you didn't have this. And you have to stand up and walk over to the TV and change the channel or turn it on and then sit back down. And that was bothersome. And so we came up with a control to make it easier. Why? Why? Why are you asking me that again? I just gave you the answer. The child is actually asking something deeper. The child wants to know whether they even realize it or not. I want more history here. Why did humanity get to the point where we're doing this? What's the background? What did, how did we get to this point? What is a TV for come to think of it? A child is asking a deeper question about the intent and purpose of why humans are doing this and why they created this and why they utilize it. Why it exists at all. A child can keep the why questions forever, literally, because then you can try to answer some history about television and the concept of it and broadcast and da 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 da, da and the child can come back with why and it will never end because a child is asking for intent and for purpose and something very, very abstractly human. Now, maybe that doesn't make sense to you, but to me, that sort of explains or helps to illustrate why why is endless. Why suggests human intent? This is interesting in my opinion as well, because sometimes the big question, right? The big question everybody asks, what is the meaning of life? Curiously, we format that in a way of what? What is the meaning of life? we're really asking is, why are we alive? Because if we understood why we are alive, which directly suggests intent, which directly suggests a purpose, once if we knew that answer, or at least a, a, a little bit more than we know now, which is nothing, then we would better have a per sense of purpose. 
and we start thinking too big and too existential and too broadly, we can kind of lose our sense of purpose. When you start thinking perhaps that existence in the universe is one absurd random occurrence and that it's, it's amazing and it's incredible, but the intent is lacking. This is all the basis of every single type of spiritual belief, religious system that's ever created, that's ever been, you know, popped up in the world, in the history of humanity, because it's not because we're looking for answers of how or what. We're pretty good at digging around for that, literally. Why is the question that we want? And why is answered with uh, deities? And why is answered with spirituality and the supernatural? Because if we go beyond our experience and beyond what we can explain very obviously, then now why sits a little more comfortably in that realm. Well, we don't know why, but we also don't understand the answer we gave. So it kind of mits, fits together and we, we work with it. That's our uh, spiritual hypothesis as it were. <clears throat> but when you think less broad and more about your day-to-day -day activities, what is your purpose? What is your why? We've asked these questions. You've heard it before. You've seen the, the memes and inspirational posts. People talk about this all the time. What is your purpose? See, a lack of purpose, a lack of purpose on a, on a deeper level, on a level that's not to be underestimated, on a level that's not to be um, dismissed. A sense of purpose or a lack of sense of purpose, um, it's deadly. Humans do not thrive on just the why. We know that we need the tangibles. Tangibles are great. And we kind of fill our life up with them. We need a balance of the why and the what, where, when, who, and how. Most people don't have the why, though. That's the problem. We know what, we know where, we know when, we know who, we know how. And often it's because something or someone else has told us those answers and we've accepted them. And then we sort of pretend that that's our why be it our career, our career aspirations, our, our education attempts, um, our relationships, our relationship with other people, um, with our job, with our art, with our spirituality. We're looking for the why, um, thinking that we have it perhaps, or thinking that we, we can get there if we can answer the other five, but you just can't. The why and the purpose is deeper and is bigger. And if you don't like if you're not comfortable with thinking broadly and a little bit more about existence and more of a spiritual approach, um, spiritual, not with any particular labels, guys, I am not trying to espouse any type of idea of any type of religion or spiritual belief that has any defined parameters, names, beliefs, or anything. I am simply talking about your own existence. And it doesn't have to be super broad. It doesn't have to be, what is my place as a being um, of perceived, you know, awareness in the universe. You can think that stuff and it's great to think about it, but what is your purpose in your daily life? What is your purpose towards other humans? What is your purpose on this planet? See, most people don't have a purpose. You have to remember that. And you might be one of those people. You might think you have one. You might be channeling a lot of energy into something that you feel is your purpose. And it may not be. It doesn't have to be anything particularly profound. Uh, on a large scale, it's just profound to you. You know, we talked about in the last episode, are we being authentic? Because authenticity is directly related to your purpose because a inauthentic purpose is not a purpose at all. It's actually the opposite. It works against you. An authentic purpose may not bring you 
um, I don't know, fame or wealth, it might bring you fame and wealth. It could bring you happiness and a huge social uh, world, and it could bring you isolation. Um, and, and, and I don't want to say unhappiness, because if you're really following your purpose, there's a sense of satisfaction there. You may not be jubilant and, and super excitable. Maybe that's not you. Maybe your purpose is to be a little more reserved, but you found an actual purpose in your life. A purpose can be um, a humanitarian cause, of course. That's probably what most people kind of think of when you say, what's your purpose in life? Um, it can be something big like that, um, and it can be smaller. It can be just to, to provide beauty to the world, to provide art to the world, inspiration. Generally speaking, people's purposes aren't negative. People aren't you know, necessarily stoked for the idea of hurting people. And if that's your actual purpose, and that's another discussion for another time as to what causes that in somebody whether we're talking psychosis or we're talking, you know, some kind of other trauma, for the most part, I don't believe that that's actually a genuine, authentic sense of purpose when someone's out to hurt people. But when you have a sense of purpose, just like we talked about in the last episode, even if you're a jerk or sensitive, quiet, loud, obnoxious, super social, more of a hermit, your sense of purpose still needs to be there for you to have real satisfaction in whatever the hell you're doing in your life. How many people do you know, maybe yourself, are spinning in circles every day with no real sense of purpose? Because you can be struggling with something, whether it's getting your financial stuff in order, making more money, um, whether it's uh, interpersonal relationships with somebody, whether it's your health. Um, there could be some serious challenges every single day that could be impeding what you feel is your purpose or impeding on your purpose. But it doesn't mean you don't have one. Having one and trying anything towards it is a humongous, humongous big deal, if you will, um, in any existence. Not having a purpose at all is probably the most empty experience. And we, we trade out when we fill the void of our lack of purpose with everything else. The other five, what, where, when, who, and how, we can fill that up very quickly. Uh, we often fill it up with self-destructive things because of our own, uh, you know, anger or shame for not having a purpose or depression about it. So we, we tend to go for what we call vices and we tend to go for, you know, the, the quick and the, 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 you know, instant gratification, satis satisfaction type of things that are fleeting, of course, but we fill our life with that and we call it purpose or we don't even know what to call it, but it gives us a sense of purpose to the point where humans, we will double down on our self-destructive behaviors and call it living and call it life and say, Hey man, I'm just doing my thing, just doing my thing. We even can call it our purpose. We can call it what we do, our daily interests, what we consider fun, what we consider necessary. You don't have to be any type of personality to have a sense of purpose. You can be a bit of a jerk and have a great sense of purpose. But when you don't have that sense of purpose, that's when I fear. That's when I fear for you. That's when I worry. Because you can exist a very, very long time without one, but it, it will implode on you. And on top of that, it's not just a threat that I don't want you to, to collapse and I don't want you to lose everything. I, I don't want you to do that. But it's not just a threat. It's also, what a waste. There's so much more that you're capable of. Your purpose could be exceptionally simple, but still so valid. In the modern world, especially with the internet in the last couple decades, acutely the last couple decades, we have painted a picture of a society where everything has to be um, extreme and the best. And, you know, there's no such thing as just 
someone doing something good that they like to do, or rather there's not enough of that. And then we certainly don't celebrate that when it happens, not enough. Now, you know, entertainment and pop culture has always been a little bit plastic and a little bit lacking, but if we allow ourselves to really drown in the idea and the very ideas that pop culture and everything else kind of sell us that nothing's ever good enough and that purpose is simply existing purpose is consuming purpose is self-destructive behaviors purpose is uh quote unquote fun and purpose is following nothing but following 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 everybody from celebrities to corporations to politicians want to sell you on the idea that doing what they tell you you should be doing is a purpose and of course, you see the problem in there. They're telling you what to do. And they sell you the idea that it's your purpose for lots of reasons. Even if they believe that it's right, they're still selling you a purpose because they have their interests in mind. It doesn't have to be hugely nefarious and just evil for them to do this. It's just a sense of selfishness, a sense of entitlement that happens um, amongst people in positions of influence. That's pretty common, but see, we allow ourselves to do that. We allow ourselves to drown in it. It's not to say that you shouldn't be um, inspired by, influenced by, or see some celebrity as inspiring and admirable um, in some manner. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't. I'm trying to say that, are you defining your sense of purpose by some arbitrary idea of what successful is or what purpose is in general? based on a celebrity, based on a politician, based on anything you find on the internet, even just a random Instagram account. You need a sense of purpose that's far more than any of that. You need a sense of purpose that the way you communicate about it is incidental. The purpose is what matters. The way you spread your purpose, that's cool. You'll find a way when you have one, when you really have a sense of one. Have you thought about that? What is yours? Or are you spinning with none? Unfortunately, you could be spinning with none, and I get it. I get it if you are. Uh, if you are, and you, the usual question I get is, well, how do I know? How do I find out? Very difficult question. It's not a difficult question because it's so complicated to find the answer. It's just that no one can find it for you. I think become, or rather remain cognizant of the fact that you don't have a strong sense of purpose inside you. Remain cognizant of it. Explore things. Try things. Take some risks. You might discover something, you might stumble on something, but to stay in a cycle that you know isn't working for you, to stay usually in a self-destructive cycle that isn't working, and it's destroying yourself, it's destroying your relationship, it's destroying your future, it could be destroying your work, reconsider. Usually that's the problem, a sense of purpose. Now your environment and anxiety and all that is very serious, and you could be in a hostile, difficult environment, and that makes it very difficult. I understand that. Most uh, addiction, which arguably addiction is self-destructive behavior, right? Most addiction is based on environment uh, and less on just the individual. Generally, people in high purpose, you know, with a high sense of purpose um, in a relatively comfortable environment or in an environment where they feel that they're making a difference and they matter in a way that means something to them on a deep level you don't see self-destructive behaviors as much. What we do, we do see a ton of self-destructive behaviors with a lack of purpose, regardless of one's lifestyle. We see self-destructive behaviors. I don't care if you have money and house to live in, 
Um, I don't care if you have friends, fame, but self-destruction happens, um, which is generally addiction or other behaviors when there's no sense of purpose. So I don't have an answer for you, unfortunately, but I do want you to keep aware and remain aware of it. Figure out your why. Understand that what, where, when, who, and how are relatively easy to understand. Think about the toddler. The toddler asking why. Every time you do something, ask why. Think about the intent and keep asking why. I think if you ask why five, six, seven, eight, twenty times on something, you might find a semblance of a direction toward your intent and what is it you're actually looking for. Anyway, that's my two cents on the subject, of course. I appreciate you guys listening.